Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 75. With me, on my left, Richard Newby. What's up, Richard? Not much. Richie Buzzkill. Richie Buzzkill. Richie Buzzkill. And Brendan Carrion. How's it going, Brendan? What up? Fine. Another good day. Another day in paradise. It's probably like 100 million degrees outside, and uh, it's also humid, and uh, um, I got the summer doldrums, bro. The monsoons have arrived. The humidity is over 40. The temperatures are over 110. Fucking the fucking summer doldrums in Phoenix uh, make you feel like you've been trapped on Mars Station for like the duration of your tour, and you just want to get the fuck back to Earth. You're just like, get me the fuck back to Earth. If I have to listen to the environmental generator processing anymore, I am gonna fucking kill someone. And then you know, aliens start coming out of the walls. You know what I'm saying? How very John yeah. Carter? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Should, should, dude, I was here the other day at the uh, at the casa at the casa de writing. Brendan, the Brendan Mance, and I was doing some writing, and fucking, uh, I was feeling a little weird. I was, I was, I was like, I was feeling like, uh, did you ever see the, um, the movie Moon? Did you ever yeah, see Sam movie? Rockwell? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was feeling a little moon, man. Let me tell you. As long anyway. as you weren't talking to yourself or the clone of yourself, you're probably okay. No, no. But I was spending a lot of time on Discord, so I didn't have to. I mean, seriously, uh, Discord was the escape hatch. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's I'm, easy to feel trapped this time of year because you sure basically go is. from air-conditioned, climate-controlled environment to air-conditioned, climate-controlled environment, and the outside is death. But inside is perfect for role-playing. Role so what's everybody been up to? Uh, well, I have been kind of busy with planning some stuff, but uh, I did get to start diving into Dis- Disciples of Bone and Shadow. That's so sick, dude. I'm so happy that you're playing that. How is it going? Um, well, I'm about five days in. I uh, got immediately attacked by some shadow hounds, which only wounded, half wounded one of my level one guys, so it didn't kill him immediately. Then walked into a ravine. No, that, nope, nope, turn around. Oh, there's a tyrant's uh, 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 castle or whatever. Fortress. And fortress. And then I was like, nah, that's probably a little... <laughs> my level one guy is probably not going to get through a fortress. So, yeah, we'll go with this other hex. Not with that attitude, he's not. No, well, clearly not. I mean, they're, they're very, uh, uh, you know, they're very introverted and uh, low... Uh, low uh, ego at this point because <laughs> everything's made of wood because it's it's one of those kind of worlds yeah, where yeah. Made mm. of wood, wood and stone so he's like oh there's a cave let's go into the cave okay walking around a cave oh i found some weapons didn't get attacked yet not, not, why am i not getting attacked oh wait the dice are with me and then i walk into a room door slide shut now i'm being gassed by noxious gas and i look how do I get out of this? I'm trying to figure that out. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. Curr- so currently they're dying of being uh, of, of noxious gas. So, so this is a uh, disciples of Bill and shadow. If listeners don't recall, that's like the solo play adventure, um, exalted funeral put out and, uh, they sent us some copies and we're kind of like working our way through it. Uh, Richie buzz kills way ahead of the rest of us. Um, I ha- I've, I've been reading the book, but I haven't started playing yet. Now, did you name your characters? I did. What are your characters' uh, names? My, na- my characters are named uh, Geo and Red. 
Geo and Red. Yeah. Now, did you when you fought the Shadow Hounds? Did you feel like it was a tough battle, or was it because uh, you said that it kind of injured one? But I mean, how did it feel? Did it feel kind of urgent or? Yeah. Well, I, I was definitely like because it was the top creature on the on the oh. foes foes track. So okay. I was like, oh crap! I'm in for it because these sort of old school style games are notorious for like that, and it it actually load leveled pretty well. Like I felt like my characters were in danger, like, Oh crap. But I also rolled really well on my second hit and just basically took both of them out. So like, I was actually talking to another Richard and, uh, he has it and he's playing it and he said he felt like the encounters are too easy. Mm. He says that he's just steamrolling everything that he's encountered. Mm. You did, you didn't, you didn't feel like it was too easy. Well, I'm not, not particularly the the only thing that's uh i mean it it doesn't feel as brutal because i expected to die immediately yeah but i'm glad that i didn't so i right. can keep exploring because if i die in my first encounter at first level like yeah. you can't you can't and you don't get transfer experience it's not like one of those games so how do you continue to play a game where immediately it kills you so right and and, and it does uh as you level up the the encounters get harder there's more creatures there's they have more hit points they have more attack uh everything so i mean i suppose that's an interesting balance that they have to strike to yeah. keep it so that you're a able to keep playing the game but b it still feels visceral and challenging I yeah mean, that's that's gonna be hmm, the devil's in the details and, there and it really all comes because everything is randomly generated it comes down to how well the dice roll for you so hmm Maybe uh, maybe other Richard is just really hot rolling the shit out of it. Could be. Could, Could be. be. I feel like I'm a little hot rolling this too right now, So except for the whole noxious gas trap, so <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still trying to figure out how to disarm. Well, that's so. like so cool that you're doing that campaign. I'm, I'm like really excited to hear how that goes. Yeah. I'm like, I, oh man, that's like, I'm feeling bad that I haven't done mine. I'm feeling bad that I haven't started mine yet. Fuck. I feel like an asshole. Got a couple weeks till the next time. Yeah, well, I know. You're going to be sitting on an shot. airplane. Yeah, for up. Gen Con. For yeah. Gen- but I'm gonna be on a red eye, and you know how it is on the red eye. You just oh, can't. Yeah, you just are like, it, it's like the red eye to Gen Con is like its own special little slice of hell because you can't sleep. Do you have a layover? You can't do anything. I can't remember. I hope. I hope I, to God we not. ended up laying in that one airport for a while. Oh last time God, I know. Sucked. I know. It was but miserable. You can't even sleep in the airport yeah. anymore because they have like the news blasting mm-hmm. in like full volume at like three in the morning. Yeah, and you're just I like, pay extra God. just to skip well, the layover. Well, what's worse is actually the homeless person and prevention chairs they have in all the airports. Those are also terrible. Mm-hmm. I was like, that, to me, I got headphones. I can put headphones on. I can plug my ears. And like, the weird thing is, is you uh, can't get in there without a ticket on a plane, so there's no homeless people going to the airport. Well, I don't think that they're trying to block homeless people. They're just trying to keep you from laying down, and it's just, you know... It's, yeah, but yeah. why? It's because they don't, maybe don't want you to sleep through your gate or something? I uh, guess. Like yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe well, they, just want, a, to, maybe they awesome. just want you to suffer. Well, I, I suspect that might be it. How about you, Adam? Have you been playing anything good? I ran Mutant Crawl Classics at the club uh, on Friday, two days ago. So Nice. Uh, yeah, it was a level zero funnel, Hive of the Overmind. And we had everybody come in, and they all got four characters, and we blasted that group down. We had a couple people had to draw some new characters because they... Lost all of their first characters, and 
Because I, I read on the the feed that you did, like there were something like twenty two characters were killed or something. Something oh. like that. Yeah, they were uh, <laughs> they were making the classic DCC mistake of trying to explore everything mm. instead of what you do when you're in a DCC funnel, which is run straight ahead as fast as you can and try to lose as few people per room as you can. If you do that cube thing where you start going into each cube room to like see what the trap is in it, somebody's going to die. You have to try to figure out the fastest way through the experiment or through the dungeon that you're in. And so Jesus. there was a there was a lot of carnage in that one. That was probably one of the deadliest deadliest DCC MCC games I've ever run. It was just death everywhere everybody is just <laughs> dying every room somebody was dying it was how it was, was pretty it? gruesome Did you have a good time yeah it was fun it seemed like everybody enjoyed themselves so how was the i mean i know that this is a, a part that most of the players get to see but how was the story in in this one versus say the eternal uh, museum or whatever the story in hive of the overmind is it's it's not the worst of the modules it's not great either it kind of suffers from this problem where after you you hit this one room, the rest of it just kind of feels like, all right, great. This like we've already kind of gone through the main crux of what's happening here, and now like the denouement or the end part of this is kind of just dragging on a little bit, and it's not. How long does it drag on? So you that's like room. A eight, and then there's a bunch of B. Like there's a bunch more rooms on the sub level that you can theoretically explore if you want to. That aren't all of that fun or interesting. Um, mm. So it really depends on what they do. We were running out of time by that point, so I kind of hand waved it and and got them out the exit. But if they had wanted to explore the remainder of the complex, like fully explore the remainder of the complex, it could have probably gone on for a little bit longer. Interesting. Interesting. So are you still enjoying MCC then? Are you getting Yeah, it's a lot fun. Of it? It's just once you buy into the experience and, and you know what it's about, it's a lot of fun. Like this time we had people who are like, I'm not going to bother naming my characters. <laughs> it's this is just one, two, three, and four. They don't have names, they don't have person like they're just here to be ground into the dirt. And did that make it more rewarding or less? I don't know. I wasn't really playing, so I couldn't tell you. I would you know it, when you're doing these funnels, you have a tendency to just refer to people at, by the player name because you go, okay, you know, Noble, what do your guys do? Or Chris, what do your guys do? Because they have so many guys. Because they have four, right? And you're yeah. not going to, and I'm, because they were going, oh, do I have to roll initiative for all of my people? And I said, no, pick your person with the highest initiative modifier, make one roll, and all of your people will go at once. Because I just basically did a thing where I was running all the creatures as mobs and initiative all just simplified as simple as I could so I could get through things as fast as I yeah, could get I think through that, them. That's generally for the best. I kind of wonder if it would be better and more immersive if you were like, okay, here is your one level zero character, right? And you have to play your level zero character till it gets killed and you can get another one. But like, just so you have to like refer to them by a name that isn't their name. So at least they Yeah, but then some. you're doing that thing where you're like, oh, you found tim the tailor in a closet he now he's here you know because it's really crowd behind them like (laughs) oh just like somebody comes up from the back like hey guys it's like every episode of lost where like oh somebody (laughs) blows up and then one of the characters whose face was 
out of focus. Now they're in focus. Exactly. Now exactly. they can be blown up. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I don't know. I, but I was running it in a very simplified, streamlined fashion where essentially if there were 10 of the enemies, I would just figure out, I'd you know, write one through 10, and then whenever they did damage, I'd just fill up the damage on the first one. Then start filling the damage. You know, as soon as that one died, the extra damage spill over to the second one, and so that was a lot easier just to deal with the mobs that way, as opposed to going, okay, which which of the ten do you hit, and how many points of damage <laughs> do you do it? How many hit points does he have? And for like a tactical a, map, almost. like like a like a club game, I can see that that would be way better. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're gonna do a home game, if you're gonna do a campaign, I feel like it would almost be more fun to grind it. Oh yeah. really Oh, for it. sure, but. When I'm trying to deal with four characters and, you know, five or more people at a table, it just, it's a lot easier for me bookkeeping-wise to do it that way, to just kind of fudge oh, sure. all that stuff sure. and blur it so I'm not having to, to fiddle with it. I totally hear you. But it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Players seemed to enjoy themselves. We had a new player who hadn't played before. She seemed to really enjoy it, so that was good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, this is Sarah, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. The uh, club seems to be attracting a little bit more of a diverse audience lately, and that's really great. I'm really happy about that. We made made some new friends, too, at uh, Richard's uh, uh, GM's game night. Uh, DM's happy hour. Why do you call it DM's happy hour? That's like I I try I tried to change it and it, the attendance drops as soon as I called it GM's happy hour. Mm. Wow, fucking hell! So I have to call it Dungeon Master's happy hour. It's their world. We're just living in it. I yeah, guess. I, yeah. It was just God. one of those things. Like I, I I could call it any number of other things, but as soon it it just. People stopped coming. It's like, marketing. It's all God, marketing. It's all marketing. D- Dungeons and Dragon themed event. Everyone, come down, guys. Hey, you Fantasy know what that is? Playing. Come. P- no one here is even talking about Dungeons and Dragons, but geez, you could if you wanted to. Fuck. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, that was that was kind of. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about Pathfinder last time. Yeah, so we did <laughs> talk about Pathfinder, which was cool because yeah. it, it was cool meeting those guys who are like really into Pathfinder and really passionate about it, yeah. and uh, hearing some of their thoughts. Because you know, I think that we've kind of insulated ourselves in a certain way from like Pathfinder people. We don't really interact with them very much, and just meeting somebody who was like still very invested in it, still very passionate about it, and had ideas about like like how to do the new thing and keep it zesty and he wasn't like grognarding on us or being like like trying to tell us about his builds or anything he was just very passionate about pathfinder and that was cool as fuck yeah that was he was probably one of the coolest pathfinder people i've actually met fucking like. fucking a dude i really agree now i was thinking about buying uh pathfinder second edition at gen con um but then i ran into dan brugman at mm-hmm. um games U, and uh he basically just talked me out of it because he, he got his copy already. He's part of their subscription program. And so if, if you're part of the subscription program, then you got all your shit already. And uh, he's like, he was like, I was like, so tell me about it. How do you feel about it? How well, how's it look? And basically um, that question that everybody has been asking about like, well, how is Pathfinder going to ch- handle the transition from a first edition to a second edition when you consider that it is basically for the game for people who hate change like how are they going to change things? And a lot of people were like, "Are they going to try and make it like a D and D and D five clone?" And what they did is they went in the opposite direction, apparently, where it's like they just doubled down on rules and they doubled down on tactical simulation and they doubled down on builds. Oh. And so, so, so this book is like fat. It is so fat and it is so crunchy. And it's just like it's like he's like he's like yeah. I mean, he's like he's like 
every character gets three little sub actions per activation and if you're and like one of them is like if you get if you have a shield you don't get a static bonus to your armor base on the shield instead you have to take one of your three sub actions called raise your shield and that's what gives you your shield bonus and it's just like fucking hell i mean like first of all i see how that will differentiate between different types of fighters and will essentially give you these like tactical options where you can kind of like sift through it and be like well, what is the benefit of a shield and raising a shield at a particular point and all this shit but these are not things i care about like at all you know what i'm saying so fuck it man that just saved me 50 bucks the beta document <laughs> yeah. was pretty thick as i recall so Dude, i'm not that, super surprised that beta game that they sent and that they sold out is like nothing compared to that book the book mm. is fat and it sound mm. and it just sounds gerpsy as fuck man oh. i'm just like jesus yeah I'd, I'd almost rather go play play gerps instead at least it <laughs> that's it sounds even more detailed than some of the stuff i remember from the couple times i played that yeah dude it's crazy i i I really feel like um trying to run pathfinder in the new pathfinder second edition era if you just have an old pathfinder one core book and then maybe like a couple of supplements and you're running it kind of strippo it'll feel like easy breezy old school (laughs) retro you know what i'm saying anyway the game i remember is just being the crunchiest game that i can recall was BattleTech. That game, man, used to give me what, headaches. The, the role-playing game or the t- tactical? Both, because the tactical game was part of the role-playing game. Yeah. When you did the battles, you had to bust yeah. out the hex map and put your little mechs on there. And then you're like, where did I hit? And what's the armor on that? And how many damage slots does it have? And how much heat did I build Mark up? Your and what are my, yeah, Mark what are, your heat sinks. Mark your heat How much heat do I cool? And okay. <laughs> that game, I just remember being impossible to run and play it was just super duper yeah. technical and fussy simulationist games are just not my jam i'm just not even interested right now yeah that's I, the thing I, is I, if you want a simulationist game or just do a computer game they do it much better dude, than, that is the thing than tabletop does that is dude evan this is a this is a this is something that's been kind of rolling around in my head recently which is like are we at this spot where certain games really on some level should just give way to computer games because computers can actually run them better than people can. Yeah. If, if you're going to battle be, tech, yes. Battle tech be, plays much better as a computer game. The only thing is you're limited by your personal skill. Whereas in a role playing game, you're not. So if I'm running a role playing game or I'm running a battle tech game, I can make a pilot who's better at piloting the mech than I'll ever be. Right. Whereas if I'm playing a computer game, the limit is me as a person, my reaction well, time and all the rest well, of that. Yeah. There's a, there's a turn, turn based, BattleTech game right, and, that's, and a, oh, a okay. real-time BattleTech right. game. They yeah. both exist. That's what I thought like you Mac meant. Warrior and BattleTech. Yeah, the, I guess you're right. I forgot there was a turn-based BattleTech game. They, they took that, that turn-based one apparently has almost exactly the same it's rules really as good, the FASA actually. game, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, really good. You know, it's the same as Blood Bowl on the computer. Like, if do I want to play Blood Bowl on the computer or play Blood Bowl in real life? Pretty Because Blood Bowl on the computer remembers all the rules. Whereas See, that's real exactly, life Blood Bowl, nobody remembers all the rules. That's where I was going with this. Is like if you're playing Warhammer and there's all this stuff about, well, what do I remember my rules and do I remember your rules? And what happens if we pass a turn and we pass our rules, right? And it's kind of like that will d- deeply affect the outcome of the game. But if you're playing it on a computer, you wouldn't have to worry about that mm-hmm. because all that shit would just fire. You know, everything, all the rules just fire and resolve for you. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm, anyway whatever this is a completely different subject um what have i been playing okay so i ran another beta test for ravenous at um the rpg club not this week but last week 
I had four players, and we were running through the most recent uh, document that Mark D.S. Truman and I have been working on. Uh, the game is like really starting to take a certain kind of shape to it at this point. It's radically different than it was two years ago. It's fucking crazy to me. Uh, one of the things I like to say when I like talk about this process and what I've kind of experienced through it is that the earlier you're running it in the development process, the more when you're doing the playtesting, you have to kind of like, there's these big gaps, these big kind of like cracks in the wall that you have to get your spackle out and you have to fill. And you're filling them with what you know about the game and your own personal role-playing style, right? And we are at a point with Ravenous now where those the cracks that I have to spackle over are very thin. And it's just like, we're fucking closing in on it, you know? So um, the document that we played off of i have since updated now it's got even more rules and shit and i sent it out to the group and uh i sent that to mark ds truman and we're gonna actually be play testing that at gen con i'm gonna be running it for like some magpie riders and then i'm gonna maybe i'm, gonna, I'm trying to get another couple of off the book sessions and i think that like cody is gonna play in one mark kelly's gonna play in one um so that one went really well one of the things I kind of like to do every time I do a play test is I kind of like to uh, push something in it to see how far it can go. Like, uh, it was my intention, like, day one when I started writing the book is that it would be able to handle things that VTM and VTR could not, right? Because those games, they have, like, very fussy fan bases that when you start talking about ideas, they go, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Right? I can't, you can't run a game that takes place in the wilderness. There's too many werewolves! You know what I'm saying? They just immediately, they just immediately, where will you get your blood points? You know what I'm saying? It's like, the, it's, it's, it's exhausting. My and, eyes just roll back in my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like, and then on top of that, if you, if there is a r- rule set for certain stuff, then it introduces like a ton of new rules into the game that you as the game master become kind of like responsible for, and you also have to disseminate them to your players. What I wanted Ravenous to be was very agile, so that you, so that if you could imagine a situation that you might want to put vampires into, you could just do it. And so the last time I ran it, I ran a, a rural setting game, and I was very pleased with how it worked because those are very difficult to do with the World of Darkness series of rule sets. This time I uh, sat down and uh, I ran a period piece just off the top of my head. Like we had never... Like, there was no pre-discussion that's what we were going to do. I turned to Hazael, who was sitting on my right, and I was like, I was like, so what do you guys kind of want to do? You want to do something in the city? You want to do something in the in the, in the countryside? What are, you, what are you feeling? And they were all kind of like deer in the headlights. They didn't know what to say. And I, I turned to Hazael, and I go, when you close your eyes and think about vampires, what's the first thing you think of? And she thinks, and she goes, Victorian London. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're doing Victorian London then. And we were able to kind of go around the table and crush out a Victorian London setting like really fast. And then on top of that, it ran, the game actually ran very smoothly in Victorian London, even though ostensibly it's designed for a contemporary America setting. And so I was very happy that the, that it was like a generic enough rule set while at its core still like being like vampire enough that things feel like vampire regardless of where slash when you're setting them. So I was very excited about that. Um, 
And that was also the first time we had done character creation ever before. Well, I guess before you guys, you guys had made characters with an extremely old clunky rule set. This was the first time they had done characters with the new rule set and it went pretty well. There were two people there who, three people, two people there who had never played PBTA and then one of them who was sort of like a new role player. And it was kind of like, so there was a lot of kind of like, well, here's how this works and here's how this, there's more talking on my <clears> end than I kind of wanted there to be. But, uh, We'll kind of see how that goes when, like, people who are, like, hardcore PBTA players get their hands on it. Yeah, I think when the playbooks are done, you just hand them the playbook sheet, and then they just mark the boxes, right? And that's pretty much it at that point. But the thing is, is when you have a fully done game, like, all the ideas on the playbook will be explained on the playbook. And right now, like, we're working off of, like, what they call, like, a standard resource document, Mm -hmm. which is basically, like, no frills writing like one sentence descriptions everything's very just like well here's what kind of it is just here's how the rule works but there's no like flavor writing around it and so people kept looking at it and being like what is this like i don't understand Mm -hmm. like like as as they say like on the gauntlet which i I don't know if i love this i don't know if i love this vocabulary but they go like, like a lot of people didn't understand the tech you know because there was no explanation of the tech on the page anyway so that 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 was my that was that's why I ran. So it was cool. exciting, exciting. More coming up. Nice. More coming up. But about everybody, but what you been buying? What's everybody been out purchasing? The new hotness, the new shit that we will run in the future. Well, I just purchased uh, Call of Cthulhu Seventh because I had a cop. I accidentally I thought I had purchased it previously, but then I realized I bought the keepers oh, the, handbook and the gm the, book the gm mm. book and it was sitting in plastic and i was like you know i don't actually have a copy of call of cthulhu it, i mean i use i had i think i had a third edition copy or something like that so that's a pretty thick book right it's a Dude, beast they both are are they both the <laughs> they're, gm they're, book is huge too dude, i think they're both very kind of weighty i mean they're mm, not okay the, the the keeper book isn't isn't like a super tome or no, nothing but it's no. like it's it's at least two two fifty yeah, pages it's a, it's a it's a proper hardback it's not a and then but i uh i actually play well i don't know it's been a while since we actually played but i play in an online call of cthulhu game every once in a while with my friends back east. And uh, I was like, you know, I should probably have a... We don't actually play any specific edition other than the generic kind of percentile system. Probably fourth or fifth, I think, is what he actually runs. But You're, uh, you're just basically using basic role-playing. Yeah, using basic role-playing because we're playing like a modern setting. Uh, and uh, so... It works really well, and I was like, you know what? I it's been forever since I've dug into this. Let me let me dig into this because I'm I'm sort of waiting on the next game we'll talk about in a little bit uh, that I can't purchase yet. Um, but I, I want to kind of read through it a little bit and see where that system has kind of caught to in this seventh iteration. And what'd you find? I haven't got to. He's <laughs> just bought it. He's yeah, bought, bought it. And it. Threw just it on the pile. It. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> I don't think I have a single <laughs> Call of Cthulhu uh, core book hot. anywhere uh. of any edition. I have never actually played the Chaosium version. I've yeah. like bought and sold multiple editions of the game, but no one's ever run it. And then whenever I go to run horror, I'm always like, well, I'll just do World of Darkness. Right. And then I've never I owned have, it, played in it, run it. I haven't done, I've never even interacted with it. Dude, now I have Trail of Cthulhu, and I don't know why I'd ever want anything other than that. I love Trail of Cthulhu. I fucking love Trail of Cthulhu. It's amazing. That, yeah. that Trail of Cthulhu is amazing, but I, I kind of want to, because everybody's making their version of Call of Cthulhu, right? There's all yeah. these 
yeah. PBTA ones, all the, tra- the Trail of Cthulhu and all these other ones. I'm like, you know what? I, th- I think I need to like reground this whole idea back at the original one, and then we'll we'll come back at at the uh, these other games with that that kind of where the original version is at. Sure. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Like every so often, when you're like really deep in industrial music, you want to like, bust out a throbbing gristle album and like just put it on and be like, you know, kind of like stroke your beard while you're doing some like active listening, and then and then go back and listen to the new Three Teeth album because you're like, you know, this is what, this is what they're doing now. Right? Yeah. Right? Cool. What did you get, Adam? I got a copy of the Starfinder Core rulebook. Because <laughs> it was oh, cheap. The chickens have come home to they roost. Have. Oh, I figure, you know, if I can get a God. core book for less than oh. half of cover, I'll pick it up and see what it's about. It's it's huge. I will give you that. I haven't really cracked into it too much. I read maybe 30, 40 pages into it. I've been trying to read the Genesis. Which, oh my God! You're trying to read the Genesis yeah, right now? I'm what? actually probably about halfway into the what? first book of that one. How is that going? That is a very interesting read. A very interesting setting. It's uh, I'm not. I haven't gotten to all of the different parts of it yet. I got through. I'm reading about the French region right now because it goes region by region. Right now, hang on, just so the listeners can be cut off. That's the Genesis is this uh, post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic game that's like super art house. Like the books are just like are like art books. Yes, they also have a role playing game in them. And as yeah, there's a role playing game in there, and it essentially goes through region by region. And so I went through the. And kind of what happened is there was this cataclysm and this stuff rained down from the sky and it caused all these uh, weird changes to the earth and then it caused the ice to like start pushing Britain down into the heart of Europe and you know Norway and kind of crammed all Europe together. It's kind of weird. Yeah, and so you end up with the continents have all kind of shifted into like a big mass. It doesn't talk about anything other than essentially Europe and Northern Africa. And it seems like the Libyan faction is like a really big important faction. I haven't read about them yet. So I don't have a full grasp of the setting or the world, but thus far what I have read, I like. So I'm interested to see as I go through it, what I kind of want to end up doing with it and how I plan on interacting with that book. Oh, uh, you, you got to run a house game of that, dude. That's not club interior. Yeah, that's not going yeah, to, probably not going to work well in the club. Well, we were actually having that discussion at club last time where they said, Oh, well, I said, this is, not the right environment for certain types of games. I said, cause even tonight we had just two people come over randomly and just start talking to us in the middle of the game. Yeah. And that's fine while I'm running MCC. Sure. Cause I can sit and I can, we can have a side conversation for 10 minutes and go back to it. But if I'm trying to build atmosphere, and right. Environment and all that. And you know, some person comes over and Hey, what's going on? You know, what's and, role yeah, Hey, you guys seen this thing. They want to talk about whatever that yeah. doesn't really work, you yeah. know? And, they actually send people over to talk to us too. They do, they do do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had someone come over, got sent over to talk to us about what, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, let's just put everything on hold while we deal with this. Yeah. And then we got to try and remember where we were and what we were doing. Right. And so, yeah, club is a uh, club might be a stretch for that. Yeah, one. Dude, it's been so long since you ran a home game. I can't, I literally can't remember the last time you ran a home game. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I ran a home game. Was it's- it this century? Was it in the time? Yeah. It was this century. Yeah, we were doing stuff in the early... We were doing... <laughs> Richard's like... We were boggled. doing D&D 4th in the early aughts, so it was it was in the, the 2000s that we were wow. doing all that stuff, because yeah. I was running that that uh, 
Revenge of the Giants campaign till Oh yeah, you were running that at Hylix place. So that was like two thousand seven. Like, yeah, that was gonna say, yeah. that was the late two wow. thousands I was running that. Yeah. Like I feel like I it's been forever for me and I think it's only been like three years since I because I had to move and all this other stuff so like yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I don't think I uh, ran a house game after that though not no. not this decade it definitely no. I haven't run a house game this decade yeah, and we're at the tail end of the decade it's time to pick pick it up bro yeah probably time, to, Genesis, time to do something let me get that Degenesis going that's, so cool. we'll that's exciting so anyway so the Genesis has has kind of claimed your attention has claimed my reading attention this Starfinder I don't know we'll see if I do anything with Starfinder it's an interesting little artifact I've heard good things about it people who hate pathfinder seem to like starfinder weirdly so i mean did they go deeper than calling everything space something yeah like, that was like, always like your beef you always you fucking hated on this game for two years you yeah fucking, and you i will tell you when you go game. into the whole like antagonist section of the book um so the setting i think the the setting is probably the strongest part you just said the setting is the strongest part of the book. The you, setting, always... not the antagonists. Like, oh like the setting as far wow. as the worlds and all of that stuff you're is sure probably the strongest part of the book. You're sure this is a little bit of semantics book? here? This is not we're, but, not, we're not parsing here too but much? But insofar as, like, the creatures, no, the creatures aren't any better because they're all the shit that I was complaining about, which is, it's a, go- it's a space goblin. Giant space rat. And there's a space rat. Is it called a space Ra- rat? No, it's okay, okay. it's not called a vermin. I don't remember what. It, well, they all have weird ass names for all these things. Where it's like it's. Well, I haven't even gotten I mean, it's to a that. A little further than so, Games Workshop and calling everything space versions of their. They're called the, <laughs> the Yoski. Well, no, but I mean, like Yos- you, one of the things when you're like a low level D and D adventure is you like are down in the sewers and you have to fight a big ass rat. Not right. like an anthropomorphic rat, but you fight a giant rat, like right. a rat the size of a dog. Like, do they have that in there? Do they have a, a fucking space rat for me to fight? I haven't found the space rat in here yet, but I'm sure there is a space rat in there for you to fight. Okay. I will say that uh, Samwise, Sean Austin or whatever, has worked on a horror setting for yeah, that Starfinder, is true. Is which that- I thought was very interesting. So I probably want to try to pick that up to see <laughs> if you can make Starfinder work as a horror game. Is that Glimmer Space? Is that I think the that's one? What is that what's called? called? Do, you, do you really need a supplement? Because everything you run turns into horror. So like every role playing game is a horror game, Richard. But right. So why do you need a Tales supplement? of Equestria is a horror game. But, that's right. but <laughs> you know, this will give him stats for rusty saw blades. Do you really need stats for such things? It will give but me. If you're playing Starfinder, then clearly, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I want to run it as I want to run it as one of those like essentially prometheus alien type of games where it's here is this planet and there's body horror and there's awful shit and, and you're an elf welcome to Starfinder, and i'm an elf and you're a giant space rat i'm a giant space elf you're a giant space it's rat and now something is chewing its way through your sternum that actually segues really nicely into what i got which is mothership mothership came in from exalted funeral i bought it on the um the sale it nice. arrived i think it's the only i mean i think i was saying and the last one was also my like what i bought but like i like haven't bought anything else it's just this it did arrive and i'm kind of flipping through it it's uh as a zine role-playing game it's there's something that's just like so fantastic about the way that it feels and the way that it looks in your hand the fucking design on it is just top-notch like world-class you just i mean for the 15 bucks or whatever that this thing costs it's just like it's just worth every penny of the dumb 15 bucks as an artifact it, well, it's any nominated, so it got attention from like more than just the, the zine role players. I mean, so, it, like, it, yeah, it's 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 really something else. It's something else, but I haven't read it yet. I want to do a. De- I started reading it, 
and I want to do a deep dive, and I think Richard has one on order, right? Yeah, I do have one on order. And so and the expansion, or once oh the Dead Planet expansion. So once we uh, do that, once you get that, we'll have to um, we'll have to uh, 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 do a review on here. But but Mothership is basically designed to do the thing that Adam wants to do with Starfinder, which is like, oh, hey, you're a bunch of space truckers, and uh, then something goes wrong, and then it turns out there's a, oh, God, oh, oh Jesus, God, you know what I'm saying? And, that's, and then that's the... That was what I was planning to run Wrath and Glory as, too, but then I kind of decided I, I don't necessarily want to throw people into that aspect of the Warhammer 40k universe right off the bat. Because if I just throw them into the warp and go, there's demons, and they're going to go... <laughs> I, I why am I why am so, I here so so many so many things I could say right now but um that is kind of how I just feel about Warhammer in general which is there's just so many things I can say like 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 certain games have just gotten to be so culturally big and the ideas that surround them are it's like it's trying to eat the elephant one one bite at a time you know and I think that that's We've been talking about this as kind of reoccurring theme on the show is like you know there's these rabid fan bases that are um attempting to claim these big ideas that are really quite they're actually bigger than they are yeah and um and, and it's almost like we're trying to eat the elephant from different angles we just can't see each other <laughs> you know what I'm saying so so warhammer sure you could do a warhammer game like that you could <laughs> why not why not well, instead was- it's just gonna be slanesh so oh okay yeah. <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> i'm sh- i'm sure that the people at the club will really enjoy that slash is the best chaos god <laughs> okay don't at me okay okay bro okay bro sounds great uh so it sounds like we got that shit covered um who wants to do the thing where we talk about the sponsors i'll talk about the sponsors i don't think i can't i literally can't remember the last time i talked about the sponsors so we're sponsored by two people two great friends of the show um exalted funeral uh, the homie Matt Kelly and his and his awesome kind of resource for role playing stuff and occultism stuff and heavy metal stuff. Uh, right now uh, he's on a little bit of a vacay, so they're not shipping orders this this week. I think they're doing a little bit of um, site maintenance. So uh, after you hear this episode, don't rush over there, but wait a couple days and then rush over there. And he's going to be restocking everything, and the website's going to look brand new and shiny, and it's going to be a whole new experience. And uh, you know. Exalted Funeral, man, probably going to be too big for this show here pretty soon. So, because it just seems like that upward trajectory is already beginning. So, we're, of course, very proud of Exalted Funeral. We're very proud of the um, sponsorship that they send to us and the stuff that they send to us so that we can get it into the hands of our cultists. Um, There's a bunch of free role-playing games on there right now in their P- in the PDFs. Only. Free RPG 2. Right. Is it, is it, will those still be there on, say, August 1st? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, that's the thing, is this show's actually going to come out on the 31st. Oh, so. right. We'll see. So, so yeah, you know maybe. what? You know what? You know what, Valiant Check Soul? Just go look. At, go, go look. Go, you know what? Don't, do the opposite of what I said and actually go to the website and see what happens. Just, I mean, who knows? Because who knows? Maybe you'll get like a little, a little golden ticket will appear that will invite you to a remote locale in the woods. Oh, and who know? Who the fuck knows what happens then? Anyway, um, we're also sponsored by the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, on McClintock and Southern, and that's where we host our Friday night role playing club that happens really at this point weekly. But we have the official events that are every other week, um, and then we have the off week events. And so there's always someone down there on Fridays from about five thirty till about nine role-playing having a good time we've introduced a lot of role-playing games to a lot of people we've introduced a lot of people to each other and on some level this this the game club kind of runs itself now 
calling it like the Fullmetal RPG Role Playing Club seems sort of weirdly disingenuous. I like to think of it as a Noble Hess Role Playing Club because he, <laughs> he does so much to work to work for it and to just make it run. So go down there, say hi to Noble, say hi to Dave and Patty at Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. If you buy something, tell them that you heard about them from us because I don't think anybody's ever told them that. So you should be the first. Just, just go in there and just put, put your hand on the counter and say first and then give them 50 bucks. All right. So uh, that's that. And when we come back, we're going to have a review for Crossroads Carnival. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Welcome back. And now I'm going to do a review for a game called Crossroads Carnival that I uh, picked up at Gen Con last year. So without any further ado, here we go. Uh, The book is uh, Crossroads Carnival One Night Only Edition by Kate Bullock from Magpie Games 2018, and it has 53 pages in it. Uh, I'd like to take a note real quick and point out that the One Night Only Edition uh, is that it's an ash can. And so this is an ash can is the way that Magpie produces games um, for uh, to, to sort of test them out. They're kind of like they're kind of beta documents. So that's what this is. Okay. So in the interest of full disclosure, this game it was released by Magpie Games, with whom I have a working relationship. Additionally, I am loosely acquainted with Kate Bullock on a professional slash internet basis. It's sort of tricky reviewing the games of people who you know and like. You don't want to gush or be disingenuously flattering, but you also don't want to harshly criticize the work of people you know in a public forum. So I'm going to tread lightly here. I played Crossroads Carnival on the Gauntlet Hangouts in, say, December of 2017. Kate Bullock was running the group, and it was probably in the beta testing uh, stage. The game takes place in Depression-era America. You play a member of a wandering carnival, and as a sideshow freak, you have some special powers linked to the supernatural world. The Dust Bowl is ravaging the countryside, and between the impoverishment and the ecological devastation, apocalypse looms. Something is out there, some greater force, working on behalf of an all-encompassing darkness. It seeks to swallow the world in its time of frailty, and you must decide whether you will oppose it or allow it to consume you. Crossroads Carnival is powered by the apocalypse, and so if you know games of that type and that style, then you are ready to play. There are six playbooks, each an act in the show, including the geek, the strongman, and the mermaid as well, as new uh, principles for the GM to help run the game. The game is based heavily on the HBO show Carnival that ran for two seasons with a dose of Something Wicked This Way Comes and maybe a little splash of Water for Elephants in there for good measure. This was pre-Game of Thrones era when HBO was obviously looking for something with more fantastical elements to round out its lineup, but they hadn't quite figured out how to make that work yet. Thus, the show was canceled way before its time. I recommend it highly. As a play experience, the game is heavily concerned with the experience of the outsider, the other, and has a really great setting that you don't see often in RPG media. There's a sort of horror take that presents an undercurrent throughout Crossroads Carnival, but I think that that element is easy to gloss over or bypass, focusing instead on the relationships between the characters. There are a couple things here that ring my bell. First, it has the potential to have a sort of cool World of Darkness vibe to it, with monsters that look like people hiding in plain sight, carrying out agendas that the humans around them don't understand. Second, it's a historical setting, and I'm a sucker for historical settings. Beyond that, the setting itself is bleak and foreboding as an antagonist. 
there's a lot of cool stuff you could do with this if you're a Depression Era or Dust Bowl American Era history buff. Because it's a PBTA game that doesn't bog you down with a bunch of setting-specific rules you have to memorize, instead the setting and the time period is baked into the game and it just flows. I listened to the Gauntlet podcast and I think a lot of game designers probably do as well. On the Gauntlet, when it comes time to talk about what they don't like, they say, here's where I have questions. It's a very soft, to be sure, but it's also kind and open-minded, and in today's internet culture, I think that type of mannerism is an objective good. So I'm going to ado- adopt it here. Where I have questions about a Crossroads Carnival is similar to what I said above. The horror doesn't really shine through in an overt way. I feel like the game is really more about relationships between carnival players and less about the horrors that they face. The game, when I played it, never felt particularly scary to me. I'd like to run it and see if that was a function of the group I was playing with at the time, or if that is a natural way the game expresses itself. In closing, I will say that playing Crossroads Carnival was one of, if not the most powerful role-playing experiences I've ever had in my entire life. It made me re-examine myself, the subconscious construct of who I am, and how I see myself. I thought this was brilliant, and I was sad when the game ended. I reached out to Kate Bullock months later when I purchased the ash can at Gen Con to express my feelings about the game. She was polite and thanked me, but did not know if my experience was because of the game or because of her playstyle, which evokes extreme amounts of empathy and self-reflection. I told her I didn't know either, but that I was looking forward to the finished game so that others could experience it. She informed me then that she was still thinking about whether or not she was going to complete it, it was undecided at the time. Well, it's been a year and there's still no Kickstarter release date for the game, but I know that you'll be able to pick up the one night only edition from the Magpie booth or their online store. I see that there are at least four sessions of Crossroads going off at Gen Con this year, and so I hope that Kate is still working on it. The sessions are sold out, but I'm going to try and get a standby ticket. Maybe I'll see you there. Nice. Great. What thoughts do you guys have on Crossroads Carnival based on what I've said? And here's the book if you guys want to look at it. Probably should let you guys look at it while I was Does just it have, like I'm going to try to contextualize it in my own limited fashion. Uh, it Does it have like a Freaks or a American Horror Story kind of vibe to it? I think it has both of those. Those are kind of like listed in the mediography, mediography section. Mm-hmm. Both of those are. Okay. So, I mean, it's... Because I will it, say I'm a person who never cared for midnight circus in world of darkness yeah i always thought midnight Cir- circus was a steaming pile of garbage yes the carnival that they added in montreal was slightly better but tainted by association and the carnival <laughs> one that yeah, i they, love that book shut up the car i love montreal by night too but that whole carnival part of it i can just yeet out a window i don't <laughs> care about it <laughs> at all and then the uh the the bloodline the carnival bloodline in requiem i felt was oh, also yeah. very weak yeah and that is weak not well done either and so my experience with role-playing games in that genre is kind of filtered through that admittedly jaundiced lens same hashtag same you and i have all the same same touchstones for that so go ahead okay so you would say that this is a step above that far it's beyond far way beyond. better than okay so much because i kind of want to set that expectation with people if you are coming at it from the same place that i am and you've 
interacted with those media and you're leery because of it, should you be leery of this? And it sounds like the answer is no, you yeah. should not, you which should, is good to know. I think you should definitely look into it if that has been your um, experience because I have had a similar experience where the whole kind of like the atmosphere of the carnival and like the wandering show and the creepy shit that's going on there is like a game that I want to play. And... Um, the world of darkness material just never was able to hit those notes. They just, I mean, they, 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 I I think it's kind of a tough, I think it's kind of a tough game to write anyway, but the fucking world of darkness guys just made a fucking hash out of it every single time they touched it. I mean, I do, I, I have a soft spot for the Montreal material and I like the carnival there, but, um, uh, really like crossroads carnival is it's like, this is a fucking good game. Like, uh, I would really like to run it and see if I can make it kind of as dark as I would like it to be. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I liked uh, Carnival is is an amazing show that really, really is a shame that it didn't go on for any longer than it did because there were some really interesting bits that you just see the glimmers mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of your experience you're talking about is you kind of just see the edges of some weirdness happening in that first season, which is very intriguing and it gives you those questions. It's kind of like the first season of Lost or some of those where you see the edges of things. Yeah. And of course, when you answer questions, sometimes the answers can be worse than the actual questions. So like <laughs> hashtag lost, <laughs> hashtag lost, um, which could have been Carnival. We have no idea. Like, I don't think, I think they were better. I think they're better writers than that. But this, if you've got good writers around the table, it's like any PBA t- PBTA game. If you've got good players, it's going to sing really hard. If you've got like people that are, you know, it depends on what everybody's interested in is where you're going to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I was writing, I was trying to write one, a uh, carnival game for, uh, Deadlands. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's another one where it would really work. I mean, it would fit. Right. And they've got some of that stuff already in there. It's like, there's a fourth ring kind of creepy carnival thing that's happening. But I was, I was so into it that I, I, uh, I was too, two of my friends wanted to play conjoined twins. So I made a conjoined character sheet. Uh, oh, them. this sounds, Oh God, the problems. Yeah. Well, it, it's, that's, that's one of the things about carnivals is it's kind of, there are, problematic things in oh carnivals. no that's not what i meant what i meant is like who gets to decide where you walk well you know i mean, I mean god that's I, I it was kind of like they fight like old married couple anyways so it's just kind of it would just work work for them as as a character mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a lot of great stuff i would love to play that it sounds awesome like, oh no i think it's great and, it, and 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 the thing is is that like i mean with a lot of the pbta games they have like a lot of you know, there's an X card rule in here and there's like a little preamble about like the problematic content and the nature of othering. And like, that really that's what the game is about. It's about, about that experience of, 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 of being like outside of, 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 of a world and looking in at it. And then like having that world revile you, even though like part of what the characters are supposed to be doing is, is, is choosing whether to like save that world or help destroy that world. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think it's like could be like a really really fucking great game. I mean, I I've had it for a year and I haven't run it. Why have Why haven't I run it? I should have fucking run it. Like I mean, seriously, I sat down and I read this thing in like thirty minutes. It's like a really it's an easy read. It's gonna it's, have to be a home game, I think, and that may be why why it hasn't yeah, gotten run. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right because this is this. I think I think that this would work best, at least the way I want to run it. That um that it would be best if I ran it at home and you know I could do the candles and the 
the gross descriptions and shit like that. I, the group I played with online was over. It was it was online because you know Kate Bullock's I think in Canada or something, and um, and they they I. I think I was a little too gross for them. I don't think they liked my grossness very much. They were they were kind of like they they, they kind of like wrinkled their noses and shit when I would describe what was going on with my character. I felt like I was being very kind of PG. I felt I was uh, maybe not PG like PG thirteen. I was trying to be kind of like when you're just starting out and vampire the masquerade and you've no, maybe never run a horror game before and you're like I I cut his throat and blood comes out. Whoa, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> But like I, I, I wasn't trying to be edgelordy or anything. But I still felt like that group was kind of like, "Ooh, you're you're very." That's how I felt when dark. I ran Zazerkala, and people just kind of were like, eh, "Yeah, it eh. <laughs> sounds like I don't like what's happening here." <laughs> sounds like they're more like the um, uh, Monster Hearts kind of crowd. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, because like this was a gauntlet hangout, and Kate Bullock works with, works with the gauntlet guys, yeah. and uh, and and they're big Monster Hearts oh, fans. Yeah, huge. They're huge. They, they love Monster Hearts. I, I think that I am going to try and pick up Monster Hearts at Gen Con this year, just so that I can. Take You'll be a able look to find it. it. Oh yeah, of course. Go find Alan. I mean, it should be around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just like uh, I mean, I haven't really like you know, I haven't really like uh, everybody talks about it. I don't have it. You know, I really should read it. And then that having been said, there are, I mean, since we're kind of getting to that part of the show, um, there are a couple more ash cans that I'm going to pick up this year at Gen Con. Like Magpie's releasing two more. Uh, they're releasing this one called Passing, which is about like uh, aliens post area, like post Roswell crash. And they're like infiltrating a suburb, Ooh. trying to, trying to stay under the radar of the government. Like um, while they're trying to figure out like, well, should we go, save our friends area 51 should we just try and keep our heads down this kind of stuff and then they have another one called rap scallion that's coming out this sounds super sick too where it's like you're on a pirate ship and then like all this occult shit is going on around you you're being like chased by the fucking english but then like some of the crew's getting fucking weird and they're like chanting in the night and there's fucking tentacles out there on the in the on in, on, in the shadows and i'm just like that's fucking sick <laughs> i want these games so um it's you know gen con i don't think earlier i had been saying that i thought gen con was gonna be kind of a wash this year and uh i don't think it's gonna be i think i'll be able to spend like you know 20 30 bucks and get some good games I mean, uh, that th- both those sound really awesome. I think a passing sounds like more my my bit than, than mm. rapscallions. 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 That though, I would play both of those in a, in a heartbeat. But, Wonder how uh, long until we get the raid on Area Fifty One role playing game? I'm someone's sure someone's write already it. written yeah. it. Someone's yeah. gonna write it's, it. It's a larp. I mean, you know, <laughs> at this point, it kind of is. <laughs> but uh, I'm su- I'm I'm super excited that uh, I mean, are we talking about Gen Con stuff? Yeah, we're still okay. talking about Gen Con. Go ahead. Okay, buddy. I'm super excited that uh, Cyberpunk Red, uh, the Jump Start Quick Start box is coming out. It's it looks super sweet. I mean, it's going to have some uh, Q Workshop dice in the box. Ooh, so, seriously? Yeah, yeah. So some custom Q Workshop Cyberpunk dice. Like I I have somebody picking me up a set. Uh, uh, the, the, a set there and also I'm pre-ordered from Game Depot so we'll wow. I'll do copies because wow. it's pretty much one of my favorite games of all time in Cyberpunk 2020 so like, yeah. I'm, I'm excited that they're back active and, 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 and running the night so. that, that's, uh, that's exciting that will be interesting to see how that goes I'm, 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 I'm kind of hoping that when I get there there will be something kind of that I didn't know was coming out and it'll be there like I'm hoping maybe fucking there'll be maybe some kind of little something from a uh, uh, cult that they haven't really been broadcasting 
in print or maybe i don't know just something you know uh i think but i don't know i think kickstarter sort of ruined that i think kickstarter is sort <sighs> of like ruined the the like oh there's a thing i haven't heard of that that yeah, I, that could be. I mean, like, I'm sure there's some small press stuff that's around there somewhere, but it, it's it's almost impossible to like get that feeling anymore. Yeah, it, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I last thing before we go, I just this is just to remind myself is I was listening to the Gauntlet earlier today. I was driving, I was listening to the Gauntlet, and there's a guy on there who was talking about a horror game that he wrote, and apparently he kicked it in June. And so obviously it's fucking the end of July. I missed it. But we gotta keep our fucking eye out for this thing. It's called Quietus, and it just sounds so fucking good, so fucking good. It just sounds like such a fucking legit horror game, and uh, I uh, and, and it uses this kind of forged in the dark mechanic mm. rather than doing like a PBTA kind of straight PBTA thing. He, he's using the forged in the dark rule set um, to do a game about like these kind of movies where it's like something really horrifying and violent is going on, but then there's all these flashbacks that go back to the personal tragedies of the character. So that the personal tragedy of the character become this kind of like metaphor for the horrifying violence that's going on right now in the present. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, that sounds so fucking amazing. I can't wait to get that game. Love it. Yeah, right? I'm sure we could, I'm sure they've got like a pledge manager or something we could get. Yeah, right, right. It's gotta be out there. All right, so who wants to take us out? Richie, Uh, what up? Well, uh, we... Come at us on uh, Instagram, Full Metal RPG on Instagram. Like, do it, please. Uh, see us on Facebook. We we post on Facebook occasionally. Yeah, once or twice. Uh, Full Metal RPG, uh, Facebook.com slash Full Metal RPG. Email us at Full Metal RPG Official at gmail.com. I had to write it down this time. Mm. And, uh, and then fuck Twitter. Fuck uh, Twitter. Fuck Twitter. And uh, check out our sponsors, uh, Exalted Funeral and uh, Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. Well, gentlemen, it's been fun once again. Thank you for coming out. And thank you to everybody for listening. Have a great night. Flippy floppy. (laughs) (laughs) Hurrah.